Welcome to Pretty Funny Business, the playground brand we were forced to create in order to corral our founders' nonsensical ideas and general tomfoolery. From the founders of, but not generally endorsed by, Emmy Collective. From this podcast, you can expect off-the-cuff banter on feminism, funny business, and, well, not-so-funny business. Join us out of curiosity, stay for the hot takes and dad jokes. Hello and welcome to Pretty Funny Business. I'm Sydney Mulligan. I'm Lauren Aquilino, and today we have with us Dave Rigotti. Woo! Currently of inflection, right? But I was going to say the same, Sydney. I think in my mind, Dave has worked at every company I've ever that we've ever cared about. Yeah. (laughs) We may have mentioned this on another podcast too at some point. Someone was like, "Didn't Dave Rigotti work there?" I was like, "Yeah, probably." (laughs) You were what? You were like Marketo by way of Visible. Marketo by way of Visible. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So, what was your situation at Visible? How long were you there? Um, five, a little over five years. Um, I started in 2013. Um, it was just, it wasn't even attribution yet. It was Salesforce was like shutting down this app called Salesforce for Google AdWords, which was just a way to connect AdWords to Salesforce. And, uh, the team figured out they could go do outbound to all these companies that were using that and say, Hey, we'll, we'll build something like that to replace it for you. And they did. And that got us the first couple of customers. And then they hired me to kind of help, help grow it out, run marketing. Figure out what it was going to be. Yeah, exactly. Make it into a thing, grow it forward. And then you helped them turn it into visible multi-touch attribution. Yeah, Marketo, Marketo engage measure. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I couldn't follow it anymore. Like <laughs> what what we I definitely need alternative titles right now. Business, yeah. I think I would have liked. <laughs> Marketo business. <laughs> visible. All right. So then you made your way over to Marketo and that I thought was like one of the weirdest acquisitions that Marketo did because it happened so quickly. Like Adobe came like right on the heels of that. So it was really not, not what you thought it was going to be, I guess. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't know what it was going to be like visible was 120, 130 employees when we sold and Marketo was 1500. And so even that is a, you know, big, that's, big that's a big company, you know, like, yeah. and then you yeah, had to get swallowed up by Adobe, um, like six months later, that was also a, a you know, a shift, but I also had really kids like that year. Like swallowed up analogy. Cause I'm really picturing yeah. it's like Sydney, we're... eaten by a, yes. a tuna, eaten by a whale. And then a, like big, very... and then a big shark comes. You and I are on the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I just it as like Pac-Man, just like bigger Pac-Man's coming yes. and just. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Okay. But you said you had kids that same year. Like you, yeah. you guys ah, sold blast. to Marketo and then Adobe what right after that. Else? And you had kids. Two weeks later, we had twins. Yeah. <gasps> Holy after, cow! After, after um, Marketo acquired Visible, two weeks later we had our twins. So I said, "Oh no!" It was like I a don't wild it. year. Do you, so were the twins are what five? Five, five now. Yep. Yeah. Yep, five. Just turned five. Awesome. Wow. Do you have other kids? Boys, girls. Boys, no other kids, and I, that's it's over. I am really <laughs> glad that yeah, I'm really glad that twins was your 
like was your first yeah that's all you knew yeah that's the place to be i'm a twin i have a twin brother oh and i also have a younger brother and my mom used to have like a recurring nightmare that she like forgot my little brother somewhere like i think specifically it was that she had him in his infant car seat and like set it on top of the uh. car and then got the twins strapped in and forgot about him and drove away because <laughs> you know what the twins are just like so overwhelming that yeah. the second time it's just you're constantly kids. thinking about like, stuff like that just like um, you know i can't I'm done. It. change like, one diaper i'm done yeah yeah right as soon as you're done like feeding or changing diapers you just switch into the, like the next kid and then you gotta go back to the next kid anyway it's just like this like terrible cycle <laughs> but no, i'm a twin too you're a twin too I'm a twin too, and my dad's a twin. So this is third what? generation twins. Wait, that's crazy because twins is not supposed to be genetic on the on the man side. Yeah, yeah, but this is their third generation. It's just like an omen. Yeah. I feel like yeah. <laughs> somebody needs to study this. Uh, you know, that's I need really to like warn the the kids, like, hey, if you want to have a kid, just, just a heads up, <laughs> like you might have twins. <laughs> Yeah. It did not occur to us that that would happen. <laughs> no, I mean, that's crazy. I, um, you know, like I, I said, I'm a twin and I'm a fraternal twin, which is the yeah. are you twins fraternal. Are you an identical twin or fraternal twin? My dad's identical. My kids are identical. I am fraternal. Wow. Fascinating. Um, anyway, but fraternal twins is the one that's genetic through the woman. Yeah. So I was, you know, I like had a, a pretty good chance of having twins. I, uh, did not have twins. I have two kids that are not twins. Uh, mm-hmm. But when I was pregnant with my second, I just really, like, I felt different. I mean, she was a girl and my first was a boy. So I, mean, I don't know who knows what it is, but I felt different. And I went to my first appointment and I was like, I just, before we do anything, I just want to say, like, I feel like I might be having twins. And, you know, she did the <laughs> ultrasound, whatever. She's like, just one baby in there. And I, she goes, but that feeling came from somewhere. So, don't go for three unless you <laughs> And I was like, heard, yeah. done. <laughs> Two it like is. Like advice, you know, from a doctor. Yeah, this is like, so not fun. medical advice, more of a superstition, <laughs> but been around the block a few times. And I would just say that maybe, maybe just keep that in mind. Um, oh anyway, that's really funny. So, well, had, had identical twin boys the same year that your company got acquired yeah. twice uh big year twice. for you was it, that was what 2018 2018 yeah it's been five years which is wild so then adobe and then you know we all know how it goes from there eventually you made your way out of adobe and yeah. inflection where did it come from yeah we um i left adobe in december 2020 and look was like you know, very blessed and privileged and can take some time to figure out what we wanted to go do. And so, um, and had a great network to go figure that out. <clears throat> so as I was kind of saying with the, with the team with visible sort of just like happened our way into attribution. Um, and like how we came about that, you know, sh- Salesforce was shutting down Salesforce, Google AdWords. It's like, Oh, maybe there's something there. And we ended up just like hustling and hustling and hustling a lot to turn it into a business, a, a great business. Um, but we kind of just like sort of accidentally got there and this time around, we wanted to be much more, I don't know, like thoughtful, I, I guess about it from the beginning. Um, and so had the network now to go, just go interview like 100, 150 
marketing leaders, marketing ops leaders, and just kind of talk about like, Hey, what challenges are you having? What are you working on? Just, just really being wow. a student. And it turned out like half of them were all at, at product led businesses and everyone's just saying like, Hey, you know, Marketo and marketing automation is great for orchestrating my sales led motion or off of, you know, Salesforce, but not so great at, uh, orchestrating off of like product data or segment and my whole customer journeys and expansions and all of that. And, you know, maybe there's something there, you guys should really go think about it. So that's really like how it, how it came about. And we said, let's go do it. Give us the, give us the pitch. You know, we, we've heard of inflection. We're big fans. I still haven't <laughs> seen the inside of the product. Yeah. I've heard a lot about it. Uh, but if we were coming in cold, tell us what it is. Tell us why we should love it. Yeah. So in, inflections, essentially modern B2B marketing animation, we've started with a lot of the workflows that are very difficult or impossible to do off of Marketo, um, which is orchestrating everything with product data and for your customer expansions and funnels. So think like onboarding journeys, think, um, recap emails that send your customers every month and what they've done in the product or think triggers based on um, they hit their limits on their free plan and now they need to upgrade. So really kind of orchestrating around that. And then later this year, um, we're going to backfill all the rest of the kind of sales led mark animation pieces too. So, you know, we of course have like Salesforce integrations, and all that, but think like web tracking and, and forms and landing pages and they're essentially your content workflow. So to be the one-stop shop for running, you know, really like market automation for both prospect flows and customer flows. Cause today you kind of have to buy two products to do that. Um, so that's what we are like essentially just modern B2B market animation. We're not shy about that and that, you know, we're working with our customers to move them off of Marketo and we have a lot to go still, but we're very intentional about what we're doing and, and where we're headed. What's the differentiator? Like, why does this work when Marketo doesn't? There's a few things. Um, so, so one is, well, soon it'll be like, you can run both out of one product on the customer kind of side and like running things on like onboarding. Most, um, most companies can't really get a lot of product data into Marketo. You can stuff a couple data points in there. Like when did they sign up? When was their last login? That's kind of it. Um, we're, you know, just like how Marketo has like a, a, a raw connection into Salesforce. We have that for like product data too. So we stream in like billions of events, like product events that, you know, whatever user, every feature, every button they've clicked on every feature they've used, like it streams into the product real time. So, you know, just like oh, a wow, common real time. Yeah. So just like kind of a common example is like most companies onboarding is like a drip campaign every 24 hours and a, a new email, like go do this thing to set up. Um, people start with that usually out of like a Marketo and then they move to us to say, great, like um, we want to move that to like actually be a product activity based. So if they haven't done step number two, don't send them an email the next day to do step number three, send, actually send them a reminder that says, Hey, you need to do step number two. Um, so there's like, you know, having the raw access to product activity data, data warehouse connections is another big kind of part of that. Um, the next thing from like a functionality perspective is how we do personalization. So we've essentially built like a 
token editor in the product that's Excel. So kind of like any Excel function, you would be able to go build personalizations based on that, which is great for like product data. Um, and then just how we do workflows is a little bit different too. So, but it's really about like orchestrating marketing off of product data, whereas, you know, generally you're orchestrating yeah. off of like sales data. Right. I mean, it sounds like the scale is the biggest differentiator, like when Mercado starts yeah. to fall apart. Yeah. That's right. I feel like I have yep. built some like trial based, action based um, triggers and campaigns in Marketo, but it's like, waiting for the data to actually come from Salesforce, which right. is somehow or like through an ETL that is going to take, you know, it's going to be like a day 72 or two hours, days. Yeah. 72 hours later, it's going to be like, yeah, right. they just clicked this button. And then they're going to be like, thanks for doing that step three. And they're like, actually, I'm on step seven right. too. So <laughs> yeah, about that. But like, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago too, is like, you know, some like that product data doesn't have to live, you know, in Marketo, if you're still using a marketing operations or marketing automation platform, it doesn't have to live in Salesforce. Like it may be used to have to, cause that was your only option, but like we need to kind of cut that down a little bit or our, our flow charts are gonna start looking at quite a bit yeah. <laughs> more spaghetti. Yeah, those Salesforce data charges really get you. <laughs> like we've put some like, yeah. few, like gnarly. They're like, we've been waiting our whole <laughs> lives for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not just the Salesforce data storage. It's like using Salesforce as yeah an ETL to get data from your data warehouse into Marketo is like, it's a terrible use case of Salesforce, a terrible use case of Marketo, a terrible use case of the integration. Everything just like absolutely right. falls apart. And then as you said, like the scale, like once, you know, you get to like a couple million contacts, it starts to break down. Like it's, this isn't, this isn't even if you were able to do that, it's not going to work, you know, for. Right. I mean, at the very least, like, you have to be a lot more cautious about what you do and don't do. And there's, you know, right. Oh, we're conserving our trigger campaigns. Like, oh, do we really, really need to do this? Like, can we only run this once a week? Can we run it at night? Can we? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's not the, it's not the same trigger based real time marketing automation. Yeah. I know people that have turned off all trigger campaigns in Marketo and it's like, what are you using it for? And they're like, MailChimp, you know, just batch emails. It's all we can eat, use it for now. So that's it's wild. It's, it's really wild what, what goes on out there. That's rough. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of misinformation about if, for example, if you go to Marketo support and say like, I, this feels like it's running too slow. Like this doesn't seem right. The first thing they'll tell you is, oh, you have too many active trigger campaigns. No matter how many active trigger campaigns yeah. you have, it's just whatever it is, is too many, which is Did just you not true. your browser? Yeah. It was just, I mean, it's just not, it's not true. Right. Like there's a lot more, there's a lot more education I think needs to be done at Marketo internally yeah. about what the real problems are and like how you should best be using the product. But the, I mean, the fact of the matter is at scale, it really starts to suffer. And like, as we're seeing more, and I'm sure, especially for PLG, we're seeing more and more people use the data warehouse as their central source yeah. of truth rather than using Salesforce as the central source of truth. A product like this that it sounds like is really built on the data warehouse more than it's built on your CRM uh, is huge. Like that's a huge differentiator. Marketing automation, Marketo in particular, and I, I don't know, I don't think this was intentional, has done a very good job convincing people that their product, the, the, like the marketing automation product efficiencies is the marketing operations person's problem or, or their failure. We, we, yep. we talk about this. We, I've talked about it before. Like for a long time, I've seen it like, oh, oh, you're just not using it correctly. Or, or you, just, you know, they make it, people feel like they just, 
they don't know what they're doing or they haven't, they haven't gotten to that point yet, or they need to do all these workarounds to make it work. And it's like, no, that is, that is a failure of software. If, if, if you couldn't make a, a phone call on your phone, you'd be like, this is a, not a great phone. This phone doesn't like, work. Yeah. Well, and I think part of the problem too, which is really good news for Sydney and I, is that Marketo support just doesn't have the, uh, yeah, the technical intellectual property yeah. anymore that they used to have. And so it's easy to go back and blame it on the user when like they don't even yeah. really understand what's going on. Yeah, it's tough. Um, it's it's tough. It's tough what's happened. It's okay. <laughs> Everyone, call <laughs> us. Give you a we'll call. fix your Marketo. Also, yeah, right. maybe, yeah. Also, Marketo, we, we love, love you, Marketo. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also. Big fans. You're good at what you're good at, and we support you for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, this is uh, really interesting. I'm excited to like. I'm excited to learn more about inflection. I have a client that's evaluating inflection right now, and um, I think it's really it's really cool. We I went to the conference that you guys hosted in June. That was really fun. The PLGTM yes um yeah. which makes a lot more sense now that i know that you live in westchester why yeah, right. in new york which is where i live so that's great right. uh i'm glad to know that you're a neighbor maybe i'll see you around sometime i'm sure we will. Um, yeah but i thought that conference was really great like a, a single day conference like that i think can be so valuable and um there were some really great sessions and i saw a former client there i brought one of my clients there yeah. like we had a really nice time you guys are doing another one though right in the west yeah, we're gonna blow it out. So we just hired a full time person to go run this this brand, if you will. Like it's much more than an event. Um, it's really like it's modeled off of like what Terminus did with Flip My Funnel to help build just ABM and just you know they weren't Terminus events. They were to bring people together to talk about ABM. And we've sat in so many phone calls where we talk with marketing leaders or marketing ops pros, and they're like. I'm having to learn segment for the first time, or I'm having to um, like give advice on like what events we want tracked in our product or what campaigns to go run and, and I need help. And so anyways, we just kept having all these, all these conversations with folks wanting to do PLG and looking for advice. We said, you know, let's just bring people together for it. And so we started this PLGTM event brand and, We'll do it in, in San Francisco next year and we're expecting 250 or more people and do roadshows awesome. and content and thought leadership and kind of almost like a mini topo or serious decisions for, for yeah. PLG is what we're going for. That's really great. So Lauren and I were discussing, um, and like I said, we had this issue with a client who was doing PLG and experiencing some issues with it and have ultimately moved off of like a PLG focused strategy uh which is the rising cost of data storage makes it really challenging to one store all of this product user data if you are doing like a free version of your product like people are you know you can have a, a really high number of users which is in theory a good problem to have but you gotta store all those people and they're not paying you any money that's costing you money um, and depending on what your product is, quickly. like the product itself costs money to run. Yeah, it so it's not yeah. just like you're, you're servicing the product, which costs money and they're paying you nothing. And now the size of your database has 
quadrupled. So everything is getting more expensive. Marketo is more expensive. Everything in your tech stack is more expensive. You need to stay to warehouse. It's more expensive. Your API calls are going up. It's just all getting more and more expensive. Um, how do you see people manage that? Yeah, it's a good question. There's a philosophical like answer and then like the practical answer. The philosophical is for freezers. If you just look at, at the cost and when you directly get out of them, it's not worth it. Like you, you probably shouldn't, shouldn't go to that. If, if that's the only way you want to evaluate like free, free users, um, there's a big brand aspect to it. Um, you get your brand out there talked about a lot more. So that's like, a almost like a brand building exercise to have like a free, a free tier or free plan. Uh, the second is it helps defend your business from like ankle biter companies. So somebody launching a cheaper version of your product and then trying to grow that into a business that eventually takes on, you know, your real business so mid-market companies or, or enterprise. So it makes it way harder for competitors to come in at the bottom of the end of the market and then kind of grow up. So I think that's, that's part of it too. And then like a support aspect too, like, you know, like the Figma community, the Webflow community is like really, really strong. And part of it is because anyone can get in there, kind of learn it and help each other out and build plugins and build frameworks, templates, all that stuff. So sometimes that works for businesses. And sometimes if you, if you don't have a, uh, a product that lends itself well to people creating templates or, or whatever, then, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense. I'd also say like PLG doesn't have to mean freemium. I mean, there's so many different models of PLG. Like you, you, you can charge for every user and still be PLG. You can have it as a sub motion, like, like Sendoso. I, I talk about Sendoso as a PLG company because, you know, the Sendoso that everyone thinks of it's, you know, you have to talk to a salesperson to buy it, Well, they have Sendoso express as like a sub motion where it's I'm sure like 5% of their business but you can just sign up and send some boxes. And so that's, that's kind of PLG. So I mean, there's like flavors of it on my costs. Like, yeah, I mean, if you just fit it into the, like so much of MarTech and sales tech was, is priced around holding your like enterprise contacts. And so it's, it's, it's priced like that. Um, what's cool about PLG and using products like segments to track data in your product, um, to track all the events in your product is a lot will connect directly into that. Like that's what we do. So like if you wanted to push data into inflection, just connect us to segment. Like you don't even have to store that anywhere. Just we'll just rate it in. We don't even charge you for storage. We'll only charge you if you email contacts. So if you have 10 million users and you email hundred thousand a month, like we'll just charge you for hundred thousand a month instead of the 10 million contacts. And so there's a lot of like PLG native tech that's challenging the status quo on, on, storage, like costs, processing costs, and kind of taking more of like a snowflake or AWS approach to pricing where it's, it's really cheap or free to store and you get charged more for like compute. what you're actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's so funny. It's like kind of full circle on, um, for me and how I got into Marketo, which was, I was on exact target, which charges by the email send. Yeah. And it, for the crazy company I worked for at the time that was sending insanely high volume, very low value emails. Uh, it was very expensive and it was so much cheaper to move on to Marketo because it was just 
you know, the same static database of a million people and yeah. we could email them as many times as we wanted without the price changing. Now, like all B2B tech, like you're saying, B2B tech is really built around the size of your database because it's based on the thesis that this is your target addressable market and you should be able to do whatever yes. you want with them. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not what PLG is. So it's interesting, like the pricing structure changes if you're on tech that's really built for the type of marketing that you're doing. But, you know, like, I mean, it's, it is worth it. And it's a new technology and a new strategy to be like, you know, well, like maybe you shouldn't be marketing to like boomer moms who <laughs> don't work at businesses. Yeah. We see I don't mean, apparently, I don't mean that. I don't mean that in an anti-mom way. I'm saying like <laughs> in some, like, I'm saying like my mom mostly, like <laughs> is never going to buy your product. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, sure. She loves whatever it is for project management or yeah. some kind of Etsy situation that she's doing, but like, it's never going to make you money. How do you get more strategic about who you're uh, letting in fewer of those people and more <clears throat> of who you really want? This is the big difference between PLG, I think. And then like B2C, like you were saying, Sydney, like accounts and Salesforce data still hundred percent matters. Like you're still like, when you think about onboarding, like if, for example, we tend to think about users, but you're really onboarding an account and like hundred percent, you need to think about them differently, Lauren. Like, is this like somebody that should get a high touch onboarding or a CSM or even any emails? Like I know some companies that are just like, nope, like if it's a Gmail, like we don't, we're not going to do anything with them. Like tough cookie, like, or if they're a one person company, like, nope. Um, and if we can never get anything out of them, why would we spend money on that? Yeah, I think there's, there's pros and cons to that, but it, yeah, hundred percent, like you need to be enriching your signups and kind of thinking about the strategy for, I'll call it like account TAM, like what, what's the most you can get out of this account? And if it's, if it's high, like go all in, if it's low, maybe lean out a bit. This yeah. is like reminding me of an industry term that was made up and then I think died pretty quickly, which was uh, B to C to B. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was all. It was never B two B. It was always H to H. Yeah, we market to humans. <laughs> but it is kind of like the yeah. same. I mean, we were thinking about the like Lauren's mom on Etsy scenario. Like that's that does not fall into a PLG motion because Lauren's mom is not going to ever be worthwhile contact. But that is B two C, and those are still different. This is this is kind of like B two C inside B two B. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of yeah. similarities for sure. Like. B2C is all orchestrated on what you do. Like you just left something in your cart, you get hammered with emails, just bought something, like get hammered more emails. Like it's based on, on behaviors. And so it's it's a lot of the same ideas. Yeah, that's really Can we, okay, I'd like to ask a question that I think will be a good segue. Dave, you and I don't know each other. I don't, do you know your Myers-Briggs off the top of your head? Cause it might help me phrase what I'm about to ask. Do I know what? Your Myers-Briggs off the oh, top of your head. So be scared. I don't remember them. Yeah, I don't remember them. Okay, I better just assume you're a feeler. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so, you know, like, ABM was the big thing for a yeah. long time. And then finally, the industry had permission to, like, poke fun at it a little bit. Yeah. Are we there yet with PLG? I, I think there's I, – I hope we are. I hope that that was always okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope that's always okay. Because – 
I have been, you know, I think our my very first conversation about PLG, I kind of remember. And I remembered these like specific words that someone kept using. And I was like, hmm, this is different. But I didn't know if it was like them or if it was like, well, I just thought it was them. But then it, you know, all the conversations keep using these terms. And I would like to know, like, are these, um, are these standard definitions or is this some customization or have we just like, you know, we're making fun of so much corporate speak, but actually the call is coming from inside the building. I would like to know. I would like to about know more about motions and I would like to know about orchestrations. Oh gosh. <laughs> and then you should ask about, about PQLs and starting a whole different definitions for, for funnels. Uh, for all of these things yeah, yeah. right I, like um, i'm a i'm not a fan of like trying to build a category or like changing words <laughs> to build a category. You know, i like i what i like about the words that are being used for plg is that i think we could draw them like i yeah. think they, <laughs> i could draw if someone was like lauren draw a plg strategy i'd be like hmm but if someone said draw a plg motion i'd be like I got this. Yeah. yeah. Like, Ferris wheel. Your roller coaster. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of waves. There's a lot of waves for me. <laughs> the PLG motion of the ocean. Yes, yes exactly. The motion of the ocean. <laughs> like it's just all of us together. We're moving out of the other thing, but we are. It is not the same as a strategy, it is a motion. Yeah. It's just good marketing. Like, where are we here? I don't know. Like, I tend to say motion. And I say it as like, there's different types of PLG, like there's flavors of it. Like, you know, Figma is very different from Sendoso Express, which is very different from like Lattice where you just, your free trial form is like a Marketo form and you still get called by a salesperson. Like there's different uh, uh, approaches, maybe the right word. Like, sub, I don't know. Submotion? Yes, yeah, submotion. <laughs> Run board point dances. like six indent about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, we, we need to work on this before your no. event next year. We'll be like, Hey, uh, we'll do a one-on-one PLG one-on-one and we'll be like, PLG. it's like literally why we started it because people talk about like, what is the difference between a motion or a strategy? And we get asked that question or like, how is a PQL different from an MQL? And you're like, it is an MQL. It just has product data. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't come up with that term. Like, <laughs> did we even say PLG out loud yet? Yeah. PLG means product led growth for anyone That's who's made it this far and his, does not know what that yeah. means. First of all, thank you for hanging in. Honestly, I know there are a lot of people that listen that have no idea ever what we're talking about, but PLG is very new. So like, let's give them some grace. Yeah. Hey, Lauren's mom, PLG means product-led growth. And we're sorry right. we called you a boomer. <laughs> You're not coming to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, it's Lauren like, was uninvited like to Thanksgiving a long time ago. Yeah, right. It's like ABM. <laughs> You're You're right. Like everyone's like, oh, isn't it just good B2B? And it's like, yeah. Like, yeah. Isn't PLG just like good B2B? Like, Hey, you should like really onboard your users and like expand your accounts. Like, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah, totally. part of it. But, you know, but I do think that like, it, there are some companies where PLG does not make sense, right? Like if you don't have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> digital product, then like, this is not. Like if you're a, like you. an on-prem <laughs> software, PLG, right. 
It's not the motion for your if ocean. If you're selling, yeah, I mean, if you're selling like commercial lighting fixtures, <laughs> like, how do you do commercial LED light bulbs? Do you just is it is that when you have one? the people standing inside Costco that are like, hey, would you like to try Direct TV? Is oh, yes. that product LED cable? It's like at Costco, but instead of snacks, they're giving out fixtures. I was going to say light bulbs, but that's not true because those aren't really commercial. You have to have like one fixture. Huh. One fixture per shopper at Costco today. <laughs> they're they're going to be like four feet that's or six feet long. Product qualified shopper. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of thought into that. You've thought about this before. <laughs> Uh, oh, we haven't. We but... haven't, Dave. That's just how this podcast works. I can see the regret all over your face it's about nice agreeing to do this, and like, that's you're, an appropriate response. I mean, your mind's at I work. Really... <laughs> oh, you know what? The last podcast we recorded, I feel like I'm not going to say it, but you'll know. Because that one would probably come up before this one, but you'll know because the guest really was like, you guys have gone too <laughs> into this fake story. You just <laughs> Oh my God, I'm going to get really distracted just thinking about that. Okay, we're going to move on now. Um, Dave, uh, other than, I'm just going to, I'm going to caveat this and say, other than, you know, building and selling visible, uh, from which I hope you made a lot of money, and now building inflection, which were two objectively And one day you will make a lot of money. You will. I hope. I hope you make a livable wage and I hope one day you make a crazy amount of money because it's very cool. Uh, Other than those two things, which are objectively very cool, what is the coolest thing you ever did at work? Oh gosh, at work. Uh, I, you know, so I worked at Microsoft for a few years before I went to, to visible and I worked on the, the Bing marketing team. And I was there kind of right as we were launching Bing in 2009. And there was like a couple of years, like 2009, 10, 11, 12, where we spent just so much money, a, a lot of money on marketing, a lot. Uh, and which was like, you're, you get spoiled as like a 23-year-old with like, you know. A right, 23-year-old working at a massive company with millions yeah. and millions of dollars to spend on marketing. Yeah, yeah. But what, I don't know, one of the, I think kind of one of the, one of the coolest things we did was we sponsored this, we sponsored Sundance and had like a bar at Sundance that was all, it's all like exclusive. Like you had to kind of know somebody to get in. And so I would go to like work it and you're just like, you know, you're just like having a beer with like a celebrity. And so that to me, that was really cool. And like, they were just like normal people, you know, they're just like normal people, but that was like probably like, wait. Wait, name drop us. Tell us who. Uh, I live for this. I literally just said to City that we need a we need a podcast episode called "Our Our Best Mildly Interesting Celebrity Encounters." So I would like. This I would like your most like a... interesting. I want something more interesting that would be on that episode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like whoever was big in like 2011. So we had Florence the Machine there. We had CeeLo there. We had. Taylor Swift. Big deal. Taylor and Swift. We like paid Taylor for them Swift. to come up to come. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift? No, 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 we didn't have Taylor <laughs> Swift. Uh, we had like um, Chelsea Handler was just hanging out there. Like she wasn't wow. just, just like hanging These out. These are good ones. Um, William H. Macy was just like, it was, it was like the middle of the day. And there were like not a lot of people there. It was just like three people. And so William H. Macy is sitting next to me. 
I'm sitting there and then there's this other guy I didn't know. And he like didn't know who William H. Macy was or that he's like, you know, a very like famous actor. And he was yeah. there with his like, his handler, I guess. Um, and this guy, this is like talking to him and he's like, who, hey, what's your name? And this, this handler is just like, you don't know who William H. Macy is? And he's like, no. <laughs> and it was like, just like, I'm just like, oh That's my God. That's embarrassing. Like, yeah, Aziz and Zari we hung out with. So it was a lot of just That's like kind of celebrity cool. hangouts, which is, I'll never do again, but it was fun at the time. <laughs> That you is, never know. Yeah. That's not at all where I thought this was going to go, but um, that's incredible. This is the coolest thing anyone's ever done at work. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was like I was getting paid, you know? It's like, all right. Amazing. What a boon for 23-year-old Dave. Just yeah, right. palling around at Microsoft with my millions of dollars in marketing budget and hanging out with celebrities. Yeah. You know, at my first job, um, the local... Um, oh, you might know who this is, Dave. Okay. You know... Uh, Dick Goddard came into our oh, yeah. office, and we thought that was a really big deal. That is a big deal. That is a big deal. <laughs> he is the local weatherman. Yeah. Who was, oh, um, okay, all right. Who was like, you know, well, like famous, but like celebrity. Like, like, I don't know who our local weatherman is now, but like, you know, back when we were kids, that's like a huge deal. <laughs> wow, that's how I feel about yes. the the local weatherman in Charlotte. His name's Brad Panovich. He's the best. I still follow his weather forecasts, even though they're not relevant to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> just like staying up to date on like, just, you know, usually the weather makes its way up to New York. So I'm like, well, what did Brad think about this when it was in North Carolina? Okay. Listen, I knew that Dick Otter died. Oh, but I did not know that after all that time, he's 90 years old. It is oh. COVID that got him. Oh, wow. Gosh. That is so disappointing. Oh, fucking COVID. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. We either. needed him. Yeah. You know, he was really a um, he was really a big proponent for um, woolly bears. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> he had a whole festival. I had no idea. Woolly bears. That's like a very specific thing. I, I mean, I love it, but <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I think maybe he was at my office promoting the woolly bears. So. <laughs> He also had a handler, but more in like a, if he falls down, somebody better <laughs> yeah, catch him yeah. right away. If, if he says something he's like not supposed to say, like just like cut it off. So, you know. Didn't mean that. Yeah. The mean woolly that. bear? Oh, it's, it's a, a, uh, it's like a caterpillar. caterpillar. Like they're really fuzzy, oh. black and brown caterpillars. Oh. Hmm. All right. How That's about not that? an actual woolly bear. Sorry. Also from team PLG product, product leg growth. Woolly bears are not actual bears. They're, they're yeah. colors. Also, beaver tail is apparently like a. Uh, I learned about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a snack. It's not an actual. Beaver. It's a snack, not a beaver. No one's making me eat a beaver tail. Uh, okay. Uh, this feels like it's almost covered by what you just told, but I'm going no. to make you come up with a different example, which is a funniest story from a conference or a work trip. Were you oh. at the Marketo Summit? right after Bizable's acquired and they were like, we'll give you Bizable for free for a year if you do a demo or something. Ooh. Or it wasn't that. It was like, you get a free, there's something where everyone was signing up for Bizable. You get it a free. something where they were, they were like not free... happy about how many people signed up. Yeah. It was like, well, not exactly. A free Amazon Alexa. It was something bigger than that. But there was. Oh. We said a year of Bizable, but what we meant was a, a free Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was definitely like, um, so I didn't go in 2018. So it was like the deal closed like on a Sunday night, like a couple of days before Marketo Summit. It was like very last minute kind of 
deal that got done, the company didn't know that the company was being sold. Like there were probably four of us. Um, Saucy. Because Tao got leaked like the year before, got leaked out that it was being being bought by Marketo. So it was, it was pretty, it was a very, you know, tight timeline deal. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah. Um, you know, just keeping on the wrap. So I didn't get to go. I stayed back with the team in 2018 to basically break the news to the company of everyone that wasn't yeah. at Marketo Summit, which was everyone but sales, uh, that they got acquired. And then the year after I was there, this is now 2019. So I guess this is Marketo, uh, Adobe then Adobe. Uh, at Vegas. And I, I think that was, that was really cool for me. Um, it felt like the punctuation on the visible story by that time I was like converted over to a Marketo employee and it wasn't working on visible anymore, but it was cool to go from like trying to hustle the Marketo event to get business for visible and like finding every like way to get attention and try to get our customers on stage or find somebody that was going to be on stage and then try to get them to mention visible in their event, like all other talk, all this stuff to like, this is now our event, you know, we're like, we're on stage talking about it. Like people are at our event. And so for, we had always wanted to use a user conference and we never, we just never did. So it was kind of like, uh, it was really cool to see that as like a kid growing up, you know, it's like, and there were people talking about, you know, there were like other people now who can like blossom and bloom and to like, go take this on. So for me, it was a good, it was a good end to the story and something that I was like really kind of proud to see. And I thought was, was really cool. Plus, by 2019, everyone had their free year visible. So they were yeah. real, <laughs> right. real believers in the product. Right. Oh, I remember having like a sales call. and I wish I remember what it was, like, but it was something. It was like, all you have to do that. is take the demo and then you get. Yes. It was something big, but it, it must have not been a free year visible because really, who, who cares? It's your company spending the money. So right. it was something that you personally got to take home. But it was big. Maybe it was just an Alexa. Maybe that was more exciting in 2018. I don't remember. We used to do like do a demo and you get a, a gift card. Oh, you know what I think it was? I think it wasn't. Uh, wasn't it like a conference pass or something? <gasps> oh yes, that that, uh, that was it. I remember that. And that was like. Oh, was it a free pass for like the next conference? year? Yeah, it was. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah. But that was, but that was, oh yeah. So it was this big mess because yeah. that was Adobe was acquiring. That's right. And, like, and then Adobe like right. didn't want to honor the free visible demo passes. A lot of people took it, yeah. like a lot. <laughs> you know, we yeah, like, I'm we sure. Did like a lot of like we did an email for it. So it was like behind the scenes on that. We did an email for it, and then it was like, oh crap, like that's a lot. <laughs> you know, that's like we probably should have like, okay, tighter but... term. And then we're like, then we get sold, and we're like, yeah, at least make it like a stage one there. opportunity to get your free pass. Yeah, yeah, because then they're like, oh, we are absolutely not giving all these people free passes. So like, you might be able to like get a little bit of a discount or something. But I remember it was such a weird year because they were planning the Marketo. Oh summit for October yeah, and then right. they were like oh, that's oh, right and then they were like just they used kidding. to do them yeah then they were like just kidding we're actually gonna that's push right. it to March and then they like combined it with Adobe it was like a mess. Right. it was a mess it was yeah. like is it gonna even happen in Vegas for a while and it, yeah. it did and it ended up being and the team whoever who, who did it did a great job pointing it off very last minute to yeah. make it feel like a full event but yeah that yeah. was 
so right, much the last there. round that right. i totally right. forgot all of that thanks for that was the first time i ever heard the about worst campaign you've i didn't i didn't take the free demo and i don't remember why it must have been the i was a champion so i got free passes anyway it was something that yeah. i was like that's really cool but i didn't do it um but that was my first impression of visible i was like wow Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> positive introduction to baseball. I think right. the ROI was positive still. Right. Oh man. Right. I think my boss was like, hey, everyone, <laughs> go to this demo. We're gonna shave <laughs> some money off the conference budget next year. That's funny. Yes. That was the whole thing. It was one Deanna Graves, who now does a lot of consulting around Marketo and ABM, she was on the customer marketing team for Marketo, and she put up with a lot. So kudos to her. She looks in. Oh, Good job, woman. Yeah. Now that I know that she was the one managing that, yeah, we're going to have to send her a free pass right. to Summit next year. Sorry. Yeah. We can't give you a free pass, but we can give you a free tattoo at Mopsapalooza. So you should yeah. let us know. <laughs> if you're listening or if a friend wants to tell her, right. free tattoo at Mopsapalooza for for Deanna for dealing with the visible situation <laughs> that Dave caused. Right. Dave, apparently. Dave. Um, <laughs> all right, Dave, other than Deanna, uh, top two to three people you would love to work with again. You know, um, I knew, so most, we, we ended up starting inflection with a lot of the people from visible. So there were a lot of people that I wanted to work with that I just decided, I mean, I am going to work with them again. <laughs> Um, it's a dream. Build your own company. Yeah. Bring the people that you liked. Yeah, I, I don't like. There's. It's a long list. I. I, I guess. Um, I don't know. I was listening to Justin Norris right before this, and Justin's somebody I've known for a while, and he did like he was Mister Visible for a very very long time, and did like most of our implementations, and and at some point we'll have to get him on uh, back to consulting and make a Mister Inflection. Um, that would be fun. Uh, and then my wife, like our. Like I want to work with her at some point in my my career. Um, she's at Microsoft nice. and what the, does she do? Um, she's at Microsoft on the product side. Um, Is that how you met working at Microsoft? We we met working at Microsoft. We worked in different products, but you know when you're 22 or whatever, new in Seattle, we just meet other. Everyone works at Microsoft, I guess. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically how it works. So, yeah, I don't know. I want to work with her at some point. I've never worked with her, but I think we'd make a killer team. That's fine. Yeah, it's awesome. Hey Dave, what's it like to be a working dad? Uh, you know, it's it's all right. Uh, I think uh, we're very we're very blessed and privileged to have support staff like a nanny. Mm -hmm. um, so that was you know that makes the world a difference for us, um, and that's why we actually moved from Seattle to New York this past year. Is we have family here, and so you know we have family that can yes. kind of help out too, which makes it just so much so much easier. But you know, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We like to ask people what it's like to be working dad because everyone asks moms what it's like to be working mom. So it just, yeah. everyone's okay, a little I, confused. Can I? Right. Yeah. No, 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 no. I would like to see the last, um, I'm going to laugh before I even say it because we were not recording when we asked him, but one of our past podcast guests who did not have children, we asked if he had kids so that he could be part of our working dad series. And he said he did not but he had a dog. So I said, that's okay. You're, you're a fur daddy. And then as soon as I said it, we were like, <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> we made it this long right. without you saying that on a recording, and yet you chose to do it anyway. I wanted to. I felt like it was missing. And he said, mm, sounds like it might be, you know, part of like some kind of convention. That needs to be a quote on a podcast landing page, like, you know, like a quote of something you've said. It's just like, what's it like to Are be a fur daddy? That's the kind of stuff. Yeah, the things that we have said out of, out of context would be repulsive almost. The list know. would be far too long. I mean, it would be an entire website dedicated to well, out of I mean, context pretty funny see business how my, my brain got there. I mean, as soon as yeah. I said it, I was like, that's Ooh, not right. But like fur babies... <laughs> I'm a fur mom, but no one's ever like, I'm a, I'm a fur dad. Oh my God. <laughs> and now I know why people have tried to say fur dad and they were like, hmm. It wasn't like, just that you said fur dad. It was that you said fur daddy. <laughs> fur dad, I think would have hit different than fur daddy. <laughs> well, you know, like when, when men, I think there's especially like in the recent years, there's been this big like, you know, I think like Kobe inspired, Kobe Bryant inspired like girl dad movement. Do you think there's going to be like a fur dad movement? <laughs> Again, it's not fur dad. It's fur daddy. <laughs> oh boy. I want yeah. I'm going to first, here's I'm what it is. Here's what it is. You ready? Make a hat that says hashtag fur daddy. No, we're going to make a fur. hat that says fur daddy baddie. <laughs> Are you sure? Oh, Should we batty for daddy? <laughs> we'll workshop this a little bit, but yeah, we'll add your, that. Your t-shirt giveaway at Mopsapalooza. Add that to the oh, merch store for sure. We're working it. We have for sure. really good stuff. We have so <laughs> many very complex ideas about what we're going to do at Mopsapalooza, but I'm not sure that either one of us have the executive function to pull any of them off, so it will probably be stickers. Listen, Nicole, yeah, Nicole is listening right now as our audience member. She has been brought on to help us execute this idea, <laughs> and I was telling her about it, and she was... see this is what we needed was a grown-up to come in and tell us whether or not we could or should do these things i was expecting mike rizzo to be that grown-up but i think mike rizzo is so exhausted just talking to me that he's just like whatever you want to do please go away Mike, can we oh. do a flash tattoo booth at Mopsapalooza? And he was like, yeah, sounds good. And I was like, I'm actually serious about this. And he was like, yeah, I wanted to get a tattoo. And then a month goes by and he, I'm talking to him about the health department codes. And he goes, did you mean real tattoos? Permanent tattoos? You know, I have a good temporary tattoo vendor. And I was like, no, no, Mike, real tattoos, tattoo artist, tattoo booth. And he was like, uh, I cannot put any money into helping you accomplish this. Yeah. Hey, that's a good answer. I'm so used to sponsoring events or going to events or the answer is just like, absolutely no. And, you know, you need to talk to union labor to set up your electrical that costs The thing is, he probably should say no, but yeah, he yeah. not <laughs> he said no. I know. I had the same thought, Dave, that I'm going to be walking in there with my supplies from Home Depot and they're going to be like, drop it! Yeah. Drop it! Yeah. Who authorized this? We need to wait for the union to be here. Oh, I, 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 I was literally plugging something in at Marketo Summit one day and I got yelled at. I'm just like, it's I'm, I'm plugging in. I'm here. Monitor. We did like, it. What do you mean? And they're like, got to unplug it. We need a union electrician to come yeah. in and do that. I was just like, are you, are you kidding me? And, I'm absolutely uh, going to roll up with deal. my guy and his tattoo gun and then be like, 
uh, <laughs> who exactly told you that this was okay? Just make it clear they're real tattoos, though. I don't. Somebody's gonna like get a tattoo thinking they're not real, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> don't worry, it will be quite clear when the That's needles come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had another idea last night, which was that we should do a tie dye T shirt booth where people can come tie dye. Emmy t-shirts and then there's less permanent body alterations plan b but just as much mess uh we also had an idea of uh uh i'm a i'm a big taylor swift fan yeah and you know there's this thing at her conf- her concert right now where everyone makes friendship bracelets to bring and exchange with other people at the show. It's huh. like based on one of the lyrics and one of the songs. It's very cute, very wholesome. I yeah. went to the show, I made friendship bracelets. It was really fun. Um, so we thought making friendship bracelets would be fun, but we would put um, gorilla charms on all of them because it's gorilla marketing. Oh, <laughs> okay. I've listened to past podcasts to hear that. I was thinking we could do more, do like things like you know, you guys would do like the titles of songs, but ours will say "Fur Daddy," <laughs> or they'll just be like subtle podcast reference. Yes, exactly. Okay. They're gonna be deep cuts from the podcast. <laughs> You're gonna come home from Mom's Palooza and unpack your suitcase, and your wife is gonna be like, "Where the fuck did you get this Fur Daddy bracelet? What were <laughs> yeah. you doing exactly?" Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. oh boy. This is why it has to be a non-safe for work podcast. This is why we, we have to have a grown-up here. here to help us plan this event. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a colossal disaster. Okay, we <laughs> move on from our terrible ideas. Um, all right, Dave, we, this segment of the podcast is called uh, something you may be familiar with as a parent to five-year-olds, something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read, something we ripped off of parenting Pinterest as a template for how you should give your children gifts for the holidays. And instead, we're going to use it to get to know you. So tell us something you want has to be a want, not a need, something you need, something to wear, something you are wearing, something you like to wear, something you wish you're wearing, and something to read, something you have read, something you'd like to read. Yeah. All right. Something I want. Um, gosh. So, so I grew up in Northeast Ohio, which we talked about before we were recording. And, uh, you know, we grew up in middle class, but we didn't have a ton of money. All my friends that were like the rich friends all had like a four wheeler or a boat or a dirt bike. Like I, I want all a snowmobile, a jet ski. Like I knew somebody that had all, like one of those. So I want all of those. Like my goal in life is to like collect them all. Get toys. Yeah, toys. Adult toys, yeah. Toys. So that's that's where I'm working towards. <laughs> um, you know, Dave, one thing that I personally really like to do and force Lauren to join me and also my husband against as well is to uh, list things that are middle class fancy. Oh. Like something that's he's a good candidate for this. Considered fancy only if you're middle class. Like having a second refrigerator in your garage just to store drinks. Oh yeah, yeah. Fancy. We still don't. My parents still don't have that. Like they just yeah. sit in the garage. Like if you want a soda, it's it's ninety degrees, and that's what you get. <laughs> Be happy. Like getting yeah. a getting a brand new car, like a brand yeah, new like minivan. New cars, yeah. Middle class. Outback fancy. was like our fancy, like very fancy. You know, we mm-hmm. went to Outback or. 
Red yeah, I would say Red Lobster was a Red Lobster, Garden. Olive Garden. Yeah, I would say like Once ordering an appetizer yeah. at all, anywhere. Yeah. Never. Middle class fancy. Yeah. Drinking not water at a restaurant, like getting a fountain yeah. drink. Yeah, yeah. Middle class fancy. So I just wanted to share that game with Sydney you. Sydney likes to bring it. up that one of that one of my um Oh yeah, this is a great uh, submissions. Let me, let me tell you. So was okay. having married Lauren having married. Lauren and I have a mutual friend which is actually how Lauren and I know each other, who I would say is very bougie. Uh, you know what? We should call her out. It is Kimmy, Kimmy Corrigan. Corrigan. Kimmy Corrigan yes. is a bougie bitch. And I think that she would be happy to hear <laughs> me say that. Uh, I asked Lauren and Kimmy when I first discovered this, what, what is middle-class fancy to you? And no, that's not true. I posted it on my Instagram story thing before it was, you know, when before threads came out, when they were like, testing it by letting you post aim away messages on instagram that's where i posted oh, right, right, so right, what's right. middle class fancy kimmy responded to it and said a brand new white escalade <laughs> which is yeah. that's upper a stanley class. A stanley <laughs> cup and that's upper class fancy lauren responded to it club. lauren responded to it and said having parents who are married uh yeah and that's the, that's the dichotomy <laughs> that's, that's someone funny. who's actually middle class fancy versus someone who's just a bushy bitch <laughs> like my parents were still married and i was like am i better than yeah, right. <laughs> gosh there's so much you can pick for middle class fancy air conditioning we never had air conditioning air conditioning central my air just got definitely just got it like you know yeah. it's like oh it's gonna be hot it's like oh well too bad <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah having brand new clothes yeah, right. Like name yeah. brand, brand new yeah, clothes. Or, brand yeah. new clothes from the mall that yeah. were not on clearance. That is middle class yeah, right. fancy. Yeah, never had that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. huh? All right. Anyway. Something you want uh, is toys, toys to fulfill your middle class fancy boy dreams. Yeah, that's right. It's something you need. Which is very funny because Justin Norris at Excavator, <laughs> I think it was one yeah. of the things. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's something that just sticks with you when you're eight, eight to yeah. 12 years old that you... It's formative so, time. Yeah, they're like, I can go get any of those toys now, but like, I can't. Like, it just I, just, not you. I cannot buy an excavator. Yeah, they'll just, I don't know. Might it forever just be a, a weird dream? Um, I don't know. Something I need, like... Oh, there's not a lot I need. Um, I got a lot of ants in my house. I need to get rid of the ants. Like a lot. They're everywhere. And I, I can't figure out why. I have a I have a product for you. I don't know what it's called, but I but cleaned them <laughs> okay. up. Cleaned them right up. Yeah. I'll send it along. Send, send it over. Yeah. I have a cockroach. And problem, then I will make sure we set up problem. A, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the traps that you would need for the cockroaches would have to be like six Ooh. times as big as the ones you need for the, the problem lions, is so. that it doesn't matter how many cockroaches I kill inside my apartment. There's always more. There's always more because they're in the building. They're coming up from the drains. Like they just come up forever. Ugh. And the building is in New York, and yeah, right. oh. <laughs> yeah, cockroaches yeah. have to live somewhere. <laughs> I focus on keeping them out yeah. of my home, but they have to go somewhere. <laughs> All right, so something you need to get the ants out of your house—that's good. Yeah. Something to wear. Um, I just redid my whole wardrobe. Um, Ooh. 
Love so this. All Viore, just a hundred percent. Oh my gosh, Viore, Viore. I'm I'm a Viore PV. I love Viore. You guys are. I spent like three thousand dollars. Just like it's, yeah, you, it's, you guys are fancy, fancy right now. Yeah, it was all like I'm wearing all navy active, uh, middle class fancy. I switched from like button downs during COVID yeah. to like yoga, just like Lululemon shirts. Athleisure, like, yes. yeah. Yeah, and then like you know it's you know been three years like i have to like mm -hmm. you know i have it's a viore collared shirt so it's like yeah you know it looks good in westchester but it's still like yeah you know soft activewear i to embrace the athleisure because one we're all doing it right but two mm -hmm. but like it actually doesn't look that bad maybe i'm just brainwashed but if you have like a nice pair of like black joggers yeah. like, you can rock that yeah sure. absolutely yeah. I need to time, like you know, it's like when we it's like when we got rid of um corsets now we're just getting rid of <laughs> structured garments yeah jeans i haven't yeah. worn jeans yeah. for a long time our skin needed it our skin needed it it was break. time yeah i'm on a big viore crusade with my family like i gift my my dad and my brothers all discovered lululemon several years ago and so now yeah. they, you know just like you're saying like they wear the lululemon shirts mm -hmm. and then i gifted them all viore joggers for christmas and they were like where did you get the pants that you gave me <laughs> i got my dad and my brother for their birthdays uh the shirt you're wearing <laughs> golf yeah. shirt, like a little golf shirt and yeah. yeah 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 uh, all right you're a big fan also okay something to read uh i i mean i read a lot of kids books <laughs> but i just read Same. tomorrow 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 even though it came out like a year ago and that was a pretty good book i like what teenage coming of age stories like a, but like a ya yeah yeah but they nice. like um i like when it's like science fictiony a little bit like or yeah. or like tech adjacent like i loved ender's game and i liked okay i was like, gonna Harry say Potter like hunger games good. like divergent games like that can... like those yeah. yeah all of that especially if they have like an element of like tech or sci-fi into them this yeah. was um so it's, it's it's like a story like that they're like video they make video games like so it kind of follows their like childhood to like adulthood um and they make video games so they talk about the video games they make and the video games sound really cool and i'm like i, I wish that was a real video game because I would play it. So, and it takes place in the nineties too, which is like, they pull on all of the, it's very formulaic, I think like they're pulling on, like they talk about Oregon trail, like they're pulling on yeah. like nostalgia. So I think that was, uh, that's why I liked it. What's the best kids book you read lately? We're reading like a so our, the kids are going to kindergarten next month. So we're reading a ton of books about like school and like going to preschool, but there's a bunch of books just around like school, school stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are your kids going to take a bus to school? No. Um, our town is like, there's. Where do you live in Westchester? It's called Larchmont. It's. Oh, yeah, I know Larchmont. Yeah. Very, it's very much a bubble of a little like Pleasantville yeah. kind of town. Very small. Um, so there's no buses for our town. Um, everyone walks to school. Um, so they'll walk elementary oh, school. Funny. Uh, middle school and high school um, you know i don't know if you've thought about this much as someone who also did not grow up in the new york area or maybe your wife did if you guys she grew up in queens so yeah okay 
So my son is a year younger than your twins. He's yeah. um, going into pre-K this year and he's going to the like big school where he will be in elementary school. Yeah. Uh, and he's already asked me how old he has to be to walk to school by himself. Oh yeah. yeah. And I was like, Bubba, I have no idea. I, <laughs> yeah. My, my wife, she talks about like, she would walk to elementary school and like for for me that was that's not an option that's not an option Ohio. right like, no you, that was, you, i mean i got on the bus 18, by myself when i was like in kindergarten driving to school like you have to wait till you're 16. Yeah. If you're under 16 you're taking the bus if you're over 16 yeah. like if you can get a parking spot at the school you can drive but a lot of people right. can't so you're like you're 18 year old like still taking the bus home but she's right. like oh yeah once i was like fourth grade I started walking to school by myself and I was like, excuse me. And then she's like, yeah, once I'm 11, you can just take the subway wherever you want. Okay. So I did know that in the city, the department of education gives the kids a Metro card when they're 11. And so the, and it's like middle schools are unzoned. So you you might go to school really far away from where you live and you just get a Metro card and go zip around. But I don't know like how you lead up to that. Like when, I don't don't know. You're going to make him go to the Starbucks around the corner and pick up your mobile order at like the age of six and he's going to be fine. That's going to take four minutes. That's not a great idea. I didn't think about that one. Sounds fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. We'll start with that. (laughs) Yeah. I guess you got to build up to it. School is only like five blocks away, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, the system is like you, every single kid gets bust and you have to opt out. Like by default, you're getting busted. Yeah. I mean, that's how it was where I grew up too. Like you just get a, I went to Catholic school, so I did walk to school when I was like in the second grade. There and back. But it was not like a, you know, it was was not like, yeah, it was like four, four blocks and, and yeah, like kind of suburban, more like an urban, but not like a city. We are not like in the city. We're not downtown. So yeah. All right. Well, Dan, we've already kept you too long. So we need to move on to our final segment, which is PFB and streets. Uh, for this segment we will just lay down a word and you just give us your cold reaction this is the only segment that you have received zero preparation for although i would say it's generous to say that i prepared you for any other segment (laughs) for this 30 minutes before we started recording it's all good hit me um cleveland browns uh you know so the, there was no Browns when I was a kid uh, for a while. Oh. So I was never a Browns fan, I think, because of that. We also Were like, you a sports fan at all? You know, we talk about, like, middle-class fancy. Like, going also to, like, a football game would not be something we would have we would have done. But we no. went to a couple of baseball games as a kid. And, like, the Cleveland Indians were, like, huge in the mid-'90s. Like, you know, World Series team. So I followed them then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. But then I stopped following that when I went to Seattle and I got on the Seahawks bandwagon. And now I'm like, you know, I don't really, I follow Formula One now. So that, that is like, I'm really into Formula One. Um, so that's kind of takes all of my sports Ooh. attention. How do you get there? How do you get to? Netflix tried to survive. You... Did you jump from NASCAR to Formula One or did you drop, or did you jump from the Premier League to Formula One? I feel like there's maybe <laughs> what, two. Which no. pipeline did you come from? I, I came from the Netflix Drive to Survive Formula One. So, you know, it's just like everything shut down in COVID, right? But like race car racing was the first thing back because it's like oh, just yeah. like don't really have to interact with a lot of people. Yeah. So I started, I was like, all right, I'll watch this. Like it's something on. And, and then I was like, oh man, I, 
I like this. This is cool. So I've gotten like too deep, <laughs> like too deep. <laughs> you know. Have you done like a Formula One driving experience? No, no. Yeah. At some point, at some point, I'll I'll do some race cars, but it it's a little right. inconvenient to do it, and it's. Like, but he's gonna try an ATV first. Yeah, right. You gotta he's build up. Start. Gotta get your I have in my head it. that I'd be like a very good race car driver, and I like don't know, you know, it's <laughs> you like know, the male confidence I that, like, or whatever. I, say, I think that there are a lot of white men that feel that way. <laughs> they would be a very good race car driver. I happen to know that my father is really thinks that he would be a very good race car driver, and we I grew up really close to the NASCAR Speedway in Charlotte. Oh, oh yeah, and uh, so they have like a. Yeah. NASCAR driving experience yeah. thing that you can do. And he's done it like five times. Was it good? You don't know. He doesn't know. Um, he thinks he was good. <laughs> he thinks he was good. <laughs> I he's going to listen. <laughs> he's a very scary driver, uh, in, like on the regular road. So yeah. I think that probably translated really well to race <laughs> car skills. That's funny. I'll do that at some point. That's yeah. All right. All right. Number two. Sydney mentioned this like so briefly, but I need to know your hot takes on Hunger Games. Oh, uh, big fan. Yeah, big fan. Uh, it's kind books, of wild. Movies, preference? Uh, I mean, I always think the books are better than movies. Um, very rare to make a movie as good as a book. So I, I'm a big fan of the... You know, the books, it's been a while since I read them, but yeah, big fan of the books. And I thought the I casting were... for the movies was really good, like very true to the descriptions in the books, but the like movie itself was definitely not, it left out a lot of really important stuff. You always do, right? You, you, you remove yeah. the details and like, the, the, you know, the details matter. But yeah, they did a good job. It was good, good cinematic movie. Nice little you know? cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I have one CRM. Oh, just... That's like, I guess a word. Yeah. Uh, uh, my hot take on CRM is still really important. Um, Salesforce and I mean, CubSpot's cool, making a lot of progress over the years, but Salesforce has way more flexibility, a lot more you can do with it. We used, we used HubSpot yeah, for the first money. year and a half at Inflection and we switched to sales back to Salesforce. Like, it's a couple months ago we're like we can't do the reporting like we need we it's need crazy. familiarity so we moved back so we're like you know a 30 person company on salesforce but for us that's like it's it's comfort it's like comforting yeah i'm sure it's more efficient yeah. too we use Airtable as our crm which nice. is really fun and we love Airtable. but yeah i mean you absolutely have to build everything from scratch it's not a crm it's just a right relational it's database, database. <laughs> yeah right. even that's generous yeah yeah <laughs> Airtable, we love you call love your table. Please I have one, yeah i have one more thing that i did want to like i really don't know where this is going to go but i wanted to make sure that i dropped it pets um yeah i have a pet i i don't have any uh, picture in here uh i normally have a i have a painting of my pet and so it used oh. to be behind did me did you paint it or did a you paint you a fur daddy <laughs> I am a fur daddy. <laughs> uh, I have a pet named Disco. Uh, he's a corgi, ten-year-old corgi. Aww. He loves to party. I like corgis. Um, he lights up the room. 
very did good. you say he loves to party he loves to party that's because yeah. his name's disco so his name is Disco. people like party. when you're walking him people are always like oh he lights up the room oh this is all very funny Dave. people are like oh doggy 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 like everyone's like what's his name and i say disco and they go oh disco and then i say he loves to party and then it makes them do that again they go like oh i bet you love to party like <laughs> So it's just like, you know, what are you going to say when people are just like rubbing your dog's and belly? And lights up a room. Yeah. Like a disco. This is funny. Yeah, he's a cute guy, so. He's so the whole place shimmer. He's got like 10,000 followers on social media. Like. What? Hey, you have a like, pet Instagram? Like, Does he want to come on our podcast? Yeah, he's oh like God. more famous than I am. He's got more followers Wait. than I do. Like, Wait, what's his Instagram? Uh, His name is Disco the Corgi on Instagram. I think we stopped posting when we moved, but he was being on. He had like ten or fifteen thousand on Tumblr. He had quite a Tumblr, few. Tumblr, he's a Tumblr dog. Wow. Oh, we had like a whole system. A, there's a oh no, Disco like, the Corgi is still posting as of five days oh. ago. Oh great, cool. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. I love this. All right, y'all. This was a this, this was, was fantastic. fantastic. Dave, thank you so <laughs> much for joining for us. You in. know what? Thank you for responding to rest. my um, cold LinkedIn message and agreeing to come on this very yeah. silly podcast. I hope that you had a nice time. We had a wonderful time, and it was great to get to know you. It was so fun. Thanks for having me. Mm, we'll have you again soon. All right. Good luck out there, little podcast. Like and subscribe, share, tell everyone.